Welcome to the Sparkling Podcast, where you will meet young minds making a large impact one idea at a time. This is Ashna Reddy, your host. Insurance companies lose millions upon billions of dollars due to underwriting, the process of pricing your insurance policy. Basically, when you apply for a life or health insurance policy, the insurer will want to know what risk they are taking on, because the insurance product itself is taking the risk of you, so that if something happens to you like a death or illness, then the insurer will pay for it, rather than you having to pay for it. Let's take a look at a key metric here that reflects how inaccurate underwriting leads to high losses in profits for insurance companies. This key metric is called the loss ratio, which is basically the claims paid over premiums earned, also known as how much money insurance companies end up paying towards covering a client, divided by the amount insurance companies charge individuals and groups based on their risk assessment. As reported by the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, in the last five years, for individual life and health insurance, insurance companies in the U.S. have incurred losses between 80 to 85 percent and have lost 76 percent of their profits within group life and health insurance. From an individual's or group standpoint, getting charged with premiums based off of faulty risk assessments could lead to overpaying, which is also unfair. Luca Schlettler founded and is currently the CEO of Healthy Health, which aims to solve these types of issues both from the user's and insurance company's perspective by making everything completely fair. Healthy Health is trying to innovate the age-old insurance industry through a technology-based method used to assess client risks as accurate as possible. To get a better understanding of Healthy Health, I wanted to know what made Luca interested in the insurance industry and why he wanted to take action to solve these issues. Around two and a half years ago, I was studying business management and I thought that what I was doing at that point, uh, I, I didn't like to do so much just because of the fact that I think I just wasn't challenged enough. I didn't really like the degree and I, and I, and I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I then kind of looked around and looked for a few opportunities to pursue. I went to you know, a bunch of networking events and all that kind of stuff. I found this particular problem which we're solving with healthy health, which was funnily enough uh, in the insurance industry. Now, at that point, I was 19 and never actually <clears throat> had any sort of experience with insurance. I didn't have anybody in my network or my family or anything like that who, who had anything to do with insurance. And I'm, I'm talking in particular life and health insurance. So it was, it was quite a new thing. So what exactly do insurance companies need to know in order to price your risk? Um, so for a life product, they need to know basically how risky you are to die or for a health product, how risky you are to uh, develop um, you know, a certain medical condition. And this is very, very simplifying. I mean, there's a lot of variations there, but that, just to get a basis, right? To see where insurance companies are going wrong, Luca explained the two ways that insurance companies are currently finding out about their clients' risk and why those approaches are not accurate. So the, the first way is... A very lengthy process and this is the normal process that most insurers use which is to have you fill out like pages of questionnaires or to go to the medical exam or anything like that now the negative here is that on average a munich re-study has found this it takes around 52 days for someone to be priced or to be underwritten uh, which leads to a very large dropout in fact around 87 percent of um of uh, applicants drop out in that process 
which means the insurer loses a lot of sales. And similarly, uh, the process, because it prices on occurrence rather than risk, uh, it actually loses out on a lot of accuracy, which means the book uh, or the risk that the insurer is writing can be much more profitable if you know the individual's risk much more precisely than by just asking whether they have any family history or whether they smoke or anything. And here's the other way Luca claims they are going wrong. The other way of underwriting is a way where you have a very quick process. You have you know, two or three questions. You ask the age, gender, uh, and maybe their BMI, and that's it. Um, and then you price on the back of that. And now that is not as much used, um, but it is used by some insurers, like startup insurers. Now, the positive there is that it's a very quick process. So you don't have a lot of dropout rates. You don't lose a lot of sales. But the negative here is only knowing these two or three things about the applicant means you, you basically don't know their risk at all which means you either have to do one of two things. You either have to reject most customers because you just don't know their risk and only take like the you know, cherry pick the top risks, like everybody's between 20 or 25 or something like this. Or you just have to basically rack up the prices extremely and, and, and extremely overcharge them just to compensate for the extra risk that you're uh, taking on. Due to understanding the issues of how insurers are dealing with underwriting, Luca came up with an entirely new approach. We thought there must be a better way to quantify risk in a way that is both very quick, but also highly precise. And we looked digital data to do that because everybody nowadays has a bunch of data lying around on their smartphone, on their wearable, on all sorts of different devices. And currently this is not utilized by insurers to price more accurately or by insurers to make the process of an application easier for the individual applicant. I went ahead and asked Luca what the tech is behind Healthy Health's product, as well as how the user interacts with the product on a step-by-step basis. We've took this idea and we've built it into, uh, into a proposition, which is in essence an algorithm, which we've then put into an API. And this API, we integrate into an insurer's online or broker application system, and it allows the individual to share their digital data instead of filling out any questionnaires not having to go to the medical doctor and it leads to an actual process of a maximum of three minutes with no loss in accuracy. So first thing to mention is that we're a B2B business to business company. So the user will never interact with our brand, so to speak. So our brand would interact with the insurer's brand. We, let's say, make a contract with insurer X. Now, insurer X would have chosen us because their process is all very traditional and, and they have a lot of dropout rates because of you know, long questionnaires and maybe they want to improve the profitability of their, of their book. They choose us and then they choose a product they want to run us on. So, for example, they, they choose a life insurance product. Great. Now, then the next thing is they choose a channel. So they can choose either the sales channel of do you want to go through your... Um, and this is before any customer interacts with us, just to explain the process. Then they might say, okay, we want to have your underwriting system run on our whole life insurance product, which is sold through our online distribution channel. Great. So there we have exactly what we want to have. Now, what happens then is we then integrate our API into the insurer's online purchasing process. So that means if you, you want to buy a life insurance policy from that given insurer, from insurer X, and you want to buy that over their online channel, you then go to their website, so you know, www.insurerx.com, and you say, okay, well, I want to buy this product, uh, which is a whole life insurance policy of a cover limit of 1 million pounds, say. 
Normally what would happen is you would then been asked a lot of questions or you would have been given, you know, some sort of quote, you, you know, you have to pay roughly 25 pounds per month, but you know, someone needs to call you to ask you more questions. Instead of that, once our API is integrated, the individual applicant will have the chance to, instead of answering questions, to just share one of their data um, sources. So for example, Apple Health, Garmin, Fitbit, whatever they want to share. So how that looks like, how you have to imagine it looking like, like a little box where you have logos of the Apple Health, logos of Fitbit, logos of all of that. You click on that to access the login portal, which if you, for example, click on Fitbit, it will just ask you to log in with your Fitbit account. That then, it will then ask you after that whether, you know, to give permission to insurer X to access your data. You then say, okay, I would like to have insurer X access my data. Then that data is being pulled. That data in the back end is sent to us. We do the analysis. We send back to insurer X our recommendation on the price. And then insurer X in real time pushes back the price to the applicant. Digital data can only be so helpful to understanding the risks at hand. So how does Healthy Health get an accuracy so high just by using that digital data? In the back end, your data, the applicant's data, gets compared to our own data set. So we now have you know, millions of data records of you know, 22, multiple of years, over thousands of different variables. And by looking at your data and comparing the applicant's data to our data, our proprietary data, we can then use certain variables that you've shared with us, for example, maybe your steps information, your heart rate, or your gender, your age, and we find groupings of people in our data that look very similar to you, and we use that to identify a risk score for you. So we can basically say that for more than 800 different conditions, um, you have X percentage risk. So we can, for example, say you have a 23.56% risk of getting diabetes type 2 in the next three years and so on. And we then translated that into insurance relevant variables such as extra mortality and extra mobility, and the insurer can use these to price. This is how we make the underwriting process both accurate as well as very quick by replacing traditional questionnaires by just a data sharing process, which takes around three minutes. And here's what Luca believes is Healthy Health's competitive advantage, also known as what differentiates his product from competing ones. First of all, we have accumulated quite a lot of data, which makes our algorithm significantly more precise than competitors. With that, we've built you know, a lot of IP for the years of experience that we have together with our clients. A good point is also that we're very international, so we have contacts in Hong Kong, Korea, um, Germany, UK, and in the US. That means we do have quite a lot of international experience, which for insurance companies is quite important because very rarely is an insurance company only in one market. Most of the big insurers are in several markets, which means they want to see that scalability. And then lastly, our overall experience and our overall results that we have shown um, are just better than, than what competitors could have, could have shown so far. Throughout the process of building out Healthy Health, Luca faced many challenges and went ahead and shared some of them. It depends really on the stage of the business. Initially, it was really about credibility because insurance is very much a kind of an old white man industry. <laughs> so, you know, to get in there, you know, being 19 years old, nobody really would take you serious. So, you know, around getting any sort of, well, call it reputation or, or, or trust from, from companies was extremely hard or even from investors, the same thing. Um, that, that was extremely challenging, but it was also actually quite refreshing to see because actually uh, an industry which is so traditional like insurance or the London investment scene is still able to let someone like me grow. 
I guess, setting me apart from an old traditional insurance industry is my age, <laughs> nothing else. But, um, but, but still, uh, I think that's quite refreshing to see. In fact, I would put that as a positive uh, outlook because obviously, you know, after all, they did take me serious. That was one of the challenges in the beginning. And, and now it's just really, a, you know, the, the standard and startup challenges, which are, um, you know, being able to grow, being able to hire the right people. You know, one of the, you know, personal challenges that I have as well is obviously I don't have a huge amount of, of, of experience. So um, trying to trying to adapt, trying to learn. Now let's talk about funding. How did Luca and his team acquire the necessary funds to get Healthy Health off of the ground? I basically went to a bunch of networking events and, and applied to a lot of like, you know, like, you know, applications for accelerators and all that, all that kind of stuff. Now, the, the thing was at that point, I was 19, I didn't have a degree, I didn't have anything. So basically my, you know, I didn't have a network or anything. So, you know, nobody would invite me to anything or anything like this. So it was really just, you know, luck, you know, maybe I meet someone at this networking event. And as is with, with, with statistics, if you try hard enough, then at some point you, you will have success. And, and that is exactly what happened after a time where, where I was very fortunate uh, to meet a guy who kind of just really much believed in me and, 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 and really shared his network with me. He was very well connected in the insurance industry. He introduced me to a few insurance companies and so forth. And, and, and from there, really, I started to develop an, an idea of, you know, of the problem that, that we're now solving. From him, we also got our first introductions to a few angel investors. So that was around two and a half years ago. Now, those people, um, so we incorporated the company in September 2017, two and a half years ago. And at the beginning, you know, we were just basically uh, having like a few investors. We put at that point a very minimal amount, you know, a few tens of Ks left and right, you know, this kind of stuff into the company, which really helped us to, well, at that point, me to, um, to get off the ground. Now, now, having said that, at this point, we've raised uh, more than four million pounds. We've really grown quite significantly back, back then. But, you know, these couple of 10,000 pounds that we raised in the really early stages, that's something like September 2017 to December 2017. That's really what, what helped me to, you know, to say, okay, well, I can quit uni for this because I can support myself. And, and you know, I was able to, to, to at least start the business off the ground. In December 2019, I, uh, sorry, 2017, I met my co-founder Etienne, um, who was you know, an insurance veteran. He used to be 20 years in the industry, used to be chief digital officer of April um, Insurance uh, Group, which is I think the largest master broker in France. And um, yeah, that was quite a, quite a jump for him to, to go from that position as chief digital officer at that company and join us as uh, as COO, but you know, we, we, we managed to convince him uh, of this and, and that was another key turning point because he really brought a lot of you know, experience and reputation to the business and from there really grow because um, you know, from there we started to hire our core team, you know, all the people without whom you know, this business would be nothing. Everybody up in this stage, um, you know, Kobo, our head of data, Pierre, Sarah, all of these people who, who joined uh, shortly after and everybody that's joined since then. We started to have our first clients in the UK. Uh, we raised our seed round, which was 1.2 million. And then we closed further, uh, further money, which uh, accumulated up until I think 4 million up until now. And yeah, we work with clients now in three different continents, all the way from a NASDAQ listed US insurer called National in General to the world's largest life insurer in Asia to, uh, you know, to several uh, FTSE 100 insurers in the UK and, and top reinsurers in Europe. So yeah, it, it really grew quite rapidly uh, from that stage onwards. And here's what Luca believes is the overall benefit of healthy health for his clients and users, as well as what he envisions for the future of his product. 
the, the benefit is we're increasing sales to uh, to our clients, and we are um, we're looking to increase, or, or, or we're starting to see the increase in their in their profitability. And now the benefit that we that we really pitch to clients is an increase in sale, a decrease in a more profitable book, and, and we're starting to show um, most definitely the increase in sales and the uh, and the reduction in cost uh, on the you know increase in pay and accuracy of their of their book on profitability of their insurance uh, book. You know, so far we've 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 actually never lost a client. Uh, we've you know we keep on expanding with existing clients, and so far we're we're getting a lot of traction in, in the market. So fingers crossed, touch wood. It's supposed to go further like this, but obviously you know we'll, we'll always try to innovate. We'll always try to um, try to think of different ways to benefit our clients, and and hopefully we'll we'll succeed in doing that um, going forward as we have uh, in the past. You know, we're somewhat established business here in the London um, in the London scene. You know, we we are revenue generating and making good revenues. We've, you know, we've raised our series A, so we're looking to raise our series B probably sometime next year or maybe in the following year because we've got quite good runway. So um, really the next steps for us is around growing, growing in the different markets that we've prioritized, trying to get more clients and, and, and building the team out to deal with the influx of demand. For anyone interested in starting something or fulfilling some sort of idea or project, here's Luca's advice. Sure. I mean, I, I guess the number one thing is just just do it <laughs> in a way. Uh, but it's, it's really true. I mean, if you want to do something, you know, don't don't fuck about. Just just do it because in the end, if you're going to fail, then well, you're going to fail. It's not really the end of the world. Um, obviously, don't be stupid with it. You know, don't put a lot of liability on yourself or all that kind of stuff. But as long as you're doing it reasonably and you're not putting too much risk on you personally, then um, then I would just say just go for it because you know the worst thing that you can that, that can happen to you is you're going to fail. You're going to feel shitty for a few months, but then you're going to learn from it and it's not going to be the end of the world. That's, that's really the number one advice that I, that I would have. But by no means, I, I would also like to say, by no means am I an experienced entrepreneur or anything like that. Look, I'm, I'm still learning uh, myself uh, and, and uh, you know, I've been only doing this for two and a half years. And before that, I just basically came out of school. There's by no means am I an expert, but if there's one thing, you know, one limited thing that I would have said I've learned over these couple of years is I'm really glad I just, I just, I just started it. If there are any insurers listening, please feel free to contact Luca and or any sales guys on his team, and they would be happy to help you. Healthy Health is also looking for a talented data analyst to help them reach their milestones, so please feel free to apply at the link posted in the episode description. Thank you for supporting this podcast, and please subscribe so you don't miss a new episode every Wednesday. You can also follow this podcast for regular updates on Twitter and Instagram at SparklingPod, all lowercase. Thank you.